Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. We have an absolutely loaded day of college football content for you here on the College Football Daily. Good morning. It is Monday, December 13th. My name is Trey Scott. I had to re-record my introduction. I recorded a few hours ago, this Sunday night as I talked to you. Quinn Ewers, the number one player in the transfer portal, just committed to Texas, one of the highest rated quarterback uh, recruits of all time. You know the saga by now. Went to Ohio State early to reclassified uh, to take advantage of that NIL money transferred a few weeks ago. I guess it was just last week. It feels like longer, maybe two weeks ago. Came down really to Texas and Texas Tech. Visited Texas this weekend. This is a massive moment for the Texas Longhorns. And we are going to have much more reaction from our flagship podcast, Taylor Estes and Chip Brown. But I didn't want to just run an episode where I had no mention of Quinn Ewers in my introduction. So that's that's my piece on it. Big moment for the Longhorns. Quinn Ewers, B. John Robinson, Xavier Worthy. Can they improve on five wins in 2022? And then we're going to get back into the rest of the normal podcast I recorded, which is really just an emptying of the notebook. And then Lance Glenn and Brandon Huffman also are going to break down Oregon's hire of Georgia, D.C., Dan Lanning. And then we're going to hear from Chip Brown and Taylor Estes breaking down Quinn Ewers to Texas. Enjoy. Of course, the big winners of the weekend, since we if it's a Monday episode on a Saturday in the fall, or December, we, we do winners and losers. Bryce Young, of course, became Alabama's fourth ever Heisman Trophy winner and the second in as many years. This is the fifth time players from the same school have won the trophy in back-to-back years. And of, of course, Oklahoma recently did it with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and then almost Jalen Hurts. Who finished second? It was Michigan defensive end Aiden Hutchinson. He had 78 first place votes. Pittsburgh's Kenny Pickett and Ohio State's CJ Stroud finished third and fourth. Will Anderson was fifth, but he had the third most first place votes, which is another testament to the fact that Heisman Trophy voting is broken. And a lot of people who watched the ceremony on Saturday night said that was broken too. So I, I watch, I, I got to say, College Football Awards show. The awards, have, it feels like they've lost a lot of luster. Maybe I'm just being old and cranky, but I, I wouldn't mind to see a, a bit of a rehaul of that. And then another big winner, Navy beat Army 17-13. to 13. They were six and a half point dogs, one outright. The key play was uh, probably linebacker Diego Fago had no idea that he was getting a snap on that fake punt that, uh, that you know kept the chains moving for Navy as they just absolutely stuffed Army in the second half, did not allow any points. We're all big winners of forgetting to watch that game. So so props to Navy. And that was one of the best games of the year every year is Army-Navy. And it feels like it's really the last few seasons has really been delivering. So that was very cool. My coaching carousel notes as we get through it, I'll, I'll spare you too much analysis of, of landing 
to Georgia. It was fun to see how that all went down in the Twitter spaces. And I think Josh Pate talked about that on Sunday night's late kick episode. I, I will just say though, Lanning was 24-7 Sports' defensive coordinator of the year in 2021. It's almost a foregone conclusion now that if you get that honor, you will eventually be a head coach because Texas A&M's Mike Elko, the former 24-7 Sports Offensive Coordinator of the Year, got himself a new job over the weekend. He landed the Duke gig. He did a great job revamping the wrecking crew in College Station. A lot of people said, couldn't he have done better than Duke? My counter to that would be, there's nowhere to go but up in Durham. Expectations are already low. And it's a nice place to live. Those things matter when you're looking for your next career move and quality of life. And while we're on that thread, the only defensive coordinators of the year since 24-7 Sports has been given that award out for OC and DC as, as well since 2013. To not be head coaches are Bob Shoup and Jim Leonard at Wisconsin. I don't know if that's ever going to happen for Shoup at this point, but Jim Leonard will absolutely be a college football head coach very soon. Uh, on Friday, you probably saw this, Virginia and Tony Elliott, the Clemson offensive coordinator, came to an agreement. This is this is big. This is big for Virginia. He's going to do a good job of recruiting. He's a really smart guy. I think he's going to be a CEO type presence for the Cavaliers, who were not hunting for a job and uh, hunting for a new head coach until Bronco Mendenhall shocked everybody with his resignation. For Clemson, though, this is going to be really interesting to watch going forward because. If you remember, Elliot and Jeff Scott, who's now the head coach at South Florida, were co-OCs during the Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence national title seasons, which means Clemson's Davo Sweeney, who just saw his AD go to Miami, must now replace all of the pillars from that Clemson dynasty because obviously Brent Venables is at Oklahoma. And how Sweeney handles that, and many expect him to look internally to perhaps replace both Elliot and Venables will be crucial for the future of Clemson. And it's something that in the coming weeks, we'll definitely have to have Anna Hickey on of Clemson 24-7 to discuss uh, people over there. And Clemson right now are, are wondering if they'll hit the portal. And, and they're talking about as well with signing day two days away, the fact that several high-profile defensive commits decommitted in the wake of Venable's exit, which is not surprising to see, but it's just very rare for Clemson. And then the last little coaching carousel note I have for you today is our uscfootball.com site reports that Dante Williams is expected to remain on Lincoln Riley's staff at USC in a yet-to-be-determined role, could be an off-field job. Dante Williams is obviously an elite recruiter, did not have a fun run as the interim head coach, hope the shine's not off his name too much. That guy is a, would be a massive commodity for Lincoln Riley. One more college football note. I saw this, um, I think, Sunday afternoon. Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker is returning to school for the 2022 season. Former Virginia Tech transfer had a turnaround of his career in year one with Josh Heupel. A year ago, Hendon Hooker wasn't sniffing the NFL, and now he had a, had a decision to make. Brad Crawford says he's a top five returning quarterback in the SEC. No question about it. Speaking of transfer portal, here are some notes that I accumulated over the week, much thanks to Chris Hummer, 24-7 Sports. Charlie Brewer, the former Baylor and Utah quarterback, briefly Utah quarterback, committed to Liberty. That caught me by surprise. Liberty will be looking to replace Malik Willis, a former transfer himself in 2022. I thought Brewer might be going somewhere where, you know, be the third string guy and then, you know, get another graduate degree. He's, he's definitely going to be competing for that job though, uh, with the highly rated Caden Salter from the 2021 cycle. 
It was a Tennessee signing in 2021 and then was dismissed from Tennessee for multiple violations of team rules. And then Hugh Freeze picked him on up. So that'll be an interesting QB battle to watch in the group of five ranks this offseason. Indiana now has the top class in the 2022 transfer team rankings, according to our 24-7 sports algorithm. The Hoosiers had a handful of commitments over the weekend, including former Auburn running back Sean Shivers, an absolute speedster. Speaking of top 10 classes, Arkansas already had Oklahoma wide receiver export Jadon Hazelwood in the fold and on Sunday snared 2021 LSU football signee Landon Jackson from a highly rated recruit. Does not have a transfer portal ranking yet uh, in 24-7, but I asked Blake Brockermeyer, who knows Jackson well, is you know state of Texas kid and knows Arkansas's scheme well, and he says he thinks he's going to fit in better at Arkansas and Barry Odom's scheme defensively than he did at LSU. And Illinois landed Syracuse quarterback transfer Tommy DeVito. Eli and I love their transfer quarterbacks, and they rostered two of them in 2021. I think I'm going to be pulling for DeVito to win that job in 2022. Speaking of quarterbacks, Andrew Ivins of 24-7 Sports reports that former Indiana signal caller Michael Penix, who had a disappointing season, visited Central Florida over the weekend. And then speaking of UCF, I'm just stringing together these segues back to back to back. 24-7 Sports' Brandon Huffman reports that UCF transfer Dylan Gabriel visited UCLA over this past weekend. So the plot twist here on that recruitment, Gabriel took a previous visit to Ole Miss. There was a lot of buzz he would land with the Rebels. Less buzz, though, after offensive coordinator Jeff Levy left for the Oklahoma OC job. But don't fear, Ole Miss fans and fans of Lane Kiffin. They are still fishing for a big-time transfer quarterback, and they hosted Incarnate Word Revelation Cameron Ward. Yes, a revelation from Incarnate Word, an FCS, very small private school in San Antonio, is a tremendous transfer portal product. Chris Hummer has been covering him him really well. A um, lot of big time interest, and and Ole Miss could be the front runner now. The Rebels offered him a scholarship after that visit. A lot of recruiting stuff to get to. I'm going to spare you on that though. Go to the football recruiting podcast for more on that. There, those guys with Blair and Gulo are really kicking things into high gear with the early signing period starting on Wednesday. And my final segue. Speaking of the 24/7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, here's Brandon Huffman. And our producer, Lance Glenn, stepping in as an emergency host to discuss Oregon's hiring of Dan Lanning. I'm your host, Lance Glenn, and we are joined by 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Editor Brandon Huffman to talk about the big news that just broke. Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning is leaving the South and heading West to take over as the next head coach of the Oregon Ducks. Huff, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. First and foremost, how we doing? And I guess, what's your initial reaction to the news that Dan Lanning is leaving the SEC headed to the Pac-12 and taking over Oregon? Well, I'm doing good because this is not a carousel cycle where there's going to be a bunch of fallout in the Pac-12. The originally reports this week were of Justin Wilcox and Chip Kelly being the front runners for the job. And that would have greatly affected not just Oregon's recruiting class, but it would have affected Cal and UCLA's. Now you bring in a coordinator from the other side of the country. I don't see it having the trickle down effect with UCLA or with Cal or any other Pac-12 schools. But what it may do is secure a couple of the guys that were probably on the fence between now and signing day with the uncertainty of who the head coach is. And even if the reports, you know, that he's coming and it may not be until after the bowl game that he comes and coaches, just the fact that there is a name now, I think it gives the Ducks a little bit more confidence and comfort leading up into the signing period on Wednesday. You mentioned signing period is Wednesday. How much of an impact do you think with the few days we have until that early signing period starting, how much of an impact do you think a Dan Lanning can even make with such a short time period to 
keep the guys that are right now committed still to Oregon or to possibly even, you know, flip a guy or two or add a guy or two to this recruiting class? Well, it'd be a little bit tough because the dead period goes underway from Sunday until the middle of January. So it's going to be difficult for any in-person one-on-one contact that might've been able to be had if you had hired, say, three days into the recruiting cycle, three days into the recruiting calendar, into the into the dead period. You know, had even hired on the heels of Mario, to, Mario Cristobal's departure within a day, they would have had the rest of the week to get out and do in-home visits, to get out and be seen. But now, you know, it's more, can they keep the guys that haven't decommitted, guys that were potentially planning to sign next Wednesday, but then decided now they may not just, uh, may not sign until February or that they've opened up the recruitment entirely. Now there's a name. Now there's a guy and a face who's taken over this program, uh, whether it was to be able to, you know, good enough to flip a lot of the guys that he was recruiting to Georgia, you know, even that's probably hard to really truly gauge that because he spent, you know, the entire year or two really pushing Georgia on these guys. And now you got to try to take a 180 and say, Hey, no, just kidding. Go to Oregon. So I don't know that it's going to have as much of an effect on the 2022 class in terms of flipping guys, but it may do more to just bring a little bit more stability to the Oregon class. And you look at Dan Lanning's career, and he did have a couple years out west at Arizona State, but the majority of his career has been on the East Coast, most notably the Southeast. Are you surprised that Oregon decided to go with a guy who doesn't necessarily have that experience on the West Coast in the Pac-12, as opposed to going with a guy like a Justin Wilcox or a Chip Kelly, who obviously have tons of experience recruiting that area and recruiting California, Nevada, Arizona, Oregon, so on and so forth? The, the interesting thing is, is that you're coming off of two head coaches that already had ties to the Southeast that ended up leaving to go back to the Southeast. Now, while Dan Lanning played at William Jewell College in Missouri, his coaching experience has tended to, to be strong down South. So, you know, maybe he got adjusted to that life. Maybe he really enjoyed living in the South. He takes that opportunity to be a head coach. But if a job presents itself, you know, there's that attraction. Now, the one thing that Oregon has really done well with Willie Taggart for the year he was there and then under Mario Cristobal is recruit nationally. It's recruiting in the Southeast. And so Lanning has those ties, those connections down to the Southeast. And I think that that's going to at least give him a chance at Oregon to continue to recruit that region. But now he's got to come into the West Coast and to a region where they've already seen a number of players in the last few years leaving the Western region. I mean, shoot, one of Georgia's top defensive players is Keely Ringo who was from the West Coast, originally from Seattle, and then moved down to Arizona. And Dan Lanning's got him in that defense. They've had a couple of impact players on that roster that are West Coast guys. So he's already seen that, yeah, when you're at Georgia, you could recruit that region, but then go national. Now he'll probably have the opportunity to do that, but just on the other side of the country to go regionally, but also recruit nationally. But he's got the key ties to the Southeast so they can continue to use the Oregon brand out there. But he's going to have to make sure that a couple of his assistants have West Coast ties because we've seen in the past when a coach is hired out in the Pac-12 with very little contact from his staff with that region, it could blow up really fast. So Hav, I'll leave you on this one. Last question. Look, not many coaches in the country are as great a recruiter as Mario Cristobal, obviously. From what you know about Dan Lanning, what kind of recruiter is he? You know, I know Steve Wolfong likes to use the closer analogy or the nine inning guy. Would you say he's closer to one or the other when it comes to, you know, his his kind of style of trying to court kids to, well, previously Georgia and now to Oregon? 
He's a seven-inning starter who can get you to your setup guy and then your closer. Uh, I think if you look at his class and, and the guys that he's got in this class, he's ranked the number seven recruiter uh, in the recruiting rankings for the class of 2022 with some elite commits from Georgia, a couple kids from Florida and North Carolina. But he's done a good job with probably the players that he really, you know, when you're a coordinator, you only have to focus. And even when you're a linebacker's coach or a position coach, you only have to focus on a smaller bunch. So now you've got to be able to do that as a closer. We've seen out on the West Coast when you have a head coach that that may have had a great reputation as a closer for his positional unit, it becomes much more different when they're now a head coach for the first time, uh, like it was with Jimmy Lake. Mario Cristobal at least had experience as a head coach at FIU before he went to Alabama, before he came to Oregon. Dan Lanning now goes from being a you know a, a, a starting pitcher to now, hey, well, you're a starting pitcher that we need you to be able to close this game out as well. You got to be the starter and the closer, and we'll see those chops. But I also think that you know he's that young, energetic recruiter who really thrives in the modern recruiting era. And I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to come in. And again, a lot of it's going to be his personnel, his admin staff, and some of the assistant coaches that he has that can see if he just closes what's already been a pretty good starting job by those assistants. But it's a whole different ballgame when you go from being a coach, a position coach, a coordinator, to now having to be the head coach that closes a recruitment. All right. Thanks to Lance and Brandon. Without further ado, Quinn Ewer's portion of the podcast, Taylor Estes and Chip Brown. Quinn Ewers, the prodigal quarterback who was once committed to Texas, decommitted, uh, signed with reclassified, reclassified from the class of 2022 to 2021. And so he could get NIL money, mind you. Uh, A million dollars Ohio reportedly State. too. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> took two snaps for the Buckeyes, got back in the portal, and now he's headed to Texas. And this is huge news. It's all anyone at Horns 24-7 has been talking about. The Quinner mission is over. <laughs> Quinn Ewers, um, the well, he was the top quarterback in the 2022 class at one point. Um, and just, you know, an, an immense talent, arm talent. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian recruited him when he was at Alabama, uh, he's got the mullet. He's, <laughs> he's got flair. He's, he's, uh, and hopefully he's bringing guys with him. Taylor. Yeah, um, this for is big sure. news. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, this is, we'll call it Quinn. This came early <laughs> this year for Texas fans. Cause this is huge. I mean, Quinn Ewers, you know, when he committed to Texas back in, I think it was August of 2020, um, as a 2022, uh, recruit at that point, you know, that was huge. That was huge. And then it was a big loss at Texas. Um, you know, it kind of fell out of the race there when Tom Herman was the coach and then he ended up reclassifying and signing at Ohio state. So that was a huge loss for Texas. But the fact that it's come full circle now, Chip, it's, uh, it's, crazy. It just goes to show how wild the transfer portal and how wild recruiting can be, especially in today's, uh, you know, modern day recruiting era. But this is a huge gift for Texas. This is the highest rated quarterback commit. Um, or as a as a high school recruit, he was the highest rated quarterback commit ever since Vince Young. And, uh, you know, they they don't really give perfect ratings in the recruiting industry for very many recruits in the country. And he's one that did get a perfect rating according to 24 seven sports composite. So there's no denying that this is, this is a game changer for Texas. And as you mentioned, now 
he's got to bring some game changers alongside with him. All right. Thanks to everybody for listening to the College Football Daily. I think the power of the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network was on display. A clip from the Football Recruiting Podcast, a clip from the one, one of the three Horns 24-7 podcasts. Really good stuff. Going to be a busy week with signing day on Wednesday. Make sure you're locked in at 24-7 Sports. Our producer is Lance Lynn. My name is Trey Scott. Have a great Monday. We'll talk to you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.